It's me, Roz. I cannot wait to share our conversation today that I had with Dalen Spratt of the television show Ghost Brothers Haunted House Guests because we have some laughs, we uh, hear some terrifying stories, and we talk about some real shit as well. So we'll get to that in just a few moments, but... Before then, I want to share with you a couple of things, particularly some stuff I've been watching if you're looking for suggestions. I just watched a documentary that I thought was incredible. It is on Travel Channel, and it's from their Shock Docs series, and it is called The Devil's Road, The True Story of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, this is not <laughs> sponsored content or anything. It's just a suggestion, I swear. And if you don't know Ed and Lorraine Warren, we talk about them often in paranormal conversations. Particularly, I mean, on this show, we've talked about them a couple of times They are absolutely pioneers in the ghost hunting world, and they've worked on some of the biggest cases in paranormal history. I mean, we all know the Amneville horror, the haunting in Connecticut, Annabelle, all those Conjuring movies. I mean, the Warrens worked on that stuff, and this documentary talks about some of the cases that haven't been movies yet, and has great footage and archival interviews and they've tracked down some of the people that have been affected in these cases and Ed and Lorraine's daughter is heavily interviewed in it and I just thought it was so great and something that if you are into the paranormal even me I I mean I thought I knew a lot about Ed and Lorraine Warren but I actually learned quite a few things and I was very very into it. Ed and Lorraine weren't, they were, they were definitely very Christian and Catholic faith, heaven, hell, demons, devils, Jesus. They were, they were definitely that approach, which, you know, is not where I am currently in uh, my life journey. But I mean, I always say all the time, shit, if I had the Annabelle doll in my house or walls bleeding in my house or something I would instantly in that moment become a born-again Catholic I would become a nun honestly and just devote my life to that but it's it's really great to see their approach and and their findings and um, it kind of goes back to that conversation that I had with Katrina Weidman also of the Travel Channel (laughs) lots of Travel Channel talk today Um, Katrina from Portals to Hell you didn't hear our interview or conversation a couple of weeks back where she talks about that conviction behind using Jesus or sage or, or whatever it whatever it is 
that is exercising demons or dark spirits and um and clearly for the warrens it was a, a christian thing but um you know i just it's something i think about constantly and i actually i reached out to an exorcist and this particular exorcist agreed to come on the show so i have I, i'm not going to say who or or tell you too much just because you know schedules change and we haven't recorded it yet but i am in talks with an exorcist not because i need an exorcism i don't think but um to have on the show so we'll be talking about this kind of thing a lot more in the very near future something that i was watching that is not paranormal but adjacent to the ghosted universe is the new documentary about the Go-Go's on Showtime. And I love the Go-Go's. And my friend, Pleasant Gaiman, who has been on this podcast twice, she was on a regular episode and she was in our first live show ever. She was very involved with the Go-Go's early on. And so she actually appears in that documentary, which was super cool to see. And I was thinking about her and, and, we, were, we started chatting and we decided we're going to go ghost hunting and I'm going to do my best with the very limited equipment that I have to try to film something. So we'll be going ghost hunting very soon and I'll be, of, of course, posting it on my Patreon, patreon.com slash I just put up a new video this Tuesday that is me revealing one of my deepest, darkest secrets, which is how I transform my big, bushy eyebrows into gorgeous drag queen eyebrows. And it's something that I have worked years on to accomplish, at least as, as good as I've gotten them now. I'm very proud of the technique that I've developed. Um, I mean, it's not... It's me taking a bunch of different techniques and putting them all together because I've tried so many different things. And um, so I, I did a little tutorial, which if you're looking for fun ideas for Halloween, a great way to transform yourself is to glue down your eyebrows and draw on completely different ones. So maybe you'll enjoy watching that video. Okay, let's talk about this episode today. I talked to Dalen from Ghost Brothers Haunted House Guests, which you can watch on, you guessed it, the Travel Channel. We recorded this about a month ago. And what I think I can gather is maybe they're shooting now uh, on their next season. I'm not sure. But he he was so generous with his time. And uh, so we just started getting getting to talking and I apologize off the bat because we did not get to EVPs. We ran out of time. So it's one of those rare episodes today where we don't do EVPs. But if you don't know the Ghost Brothers, it's Dalen, Jawan, and Marcus. And they are three real life friends that do ghost hunting with a comedic approach, which I'm obviously a huge fan of. And I love seeing comedy with the paranormal and of course i have to point out that they are in history the first ever all black cast of ghost hunters on television so we talk a lot about that and 
representation and how important that is and hearing different voices um not not in a paranormal sense not hearing voices but you know what i mean different uh, elevating different experiences and and hearing different voices of different people's approach to the paranormal and i am so passionate about that and i hope that that comes across with this podcast ghosted by Roz Dresfeles because I've always wanted to have on people of all different backgrounds, all different races, uh, sexual orientations, genders, religious upbringings, super famous people, you, everyone, to show that we all do have these experiences. It's one thing that can absolutely connect us in this lifetime. And our life experiences give us different insights and different approaches to the paranormal. So I'm just such a huge fan of the Ghost Brothers. And they've done a few seasons. I was able to find them on demand on on cable, but I'm sure there's ways of finding it online as well. And they've, they've done the show. It was originally called Ghost Brothers, and now it's Ghost Brothers Haunted House Guests. And... They go to haunted houses and hotels and, and all different kinds of places. And, um, and I just, I find it so entertaining and um, highly recommend. And since they do talk about the paranormal in a comedic way, much like myself, I wanted to talk to him about his approach to that. And, you know, it's kind of a fine line that I certainly, I do my best with of, being respectful of the dead, um, to me and Dalen, it kind of comes down to treating others the way you would like to be treated, either dead or alive. And so I talked to him about that. And it's a conversation that I don't get to have with many people because there aren't many people that (laughs) do comedy about the paranormal. So we talked about that. And that part in particular is on Patreon. So on my second tier, which is called On With The Show, you can hear the two of us talking about how to make the paranormal funny. Okay, here we go with an interview that I so enjoyed. Dalen Spratt from Ghost Brothers Haunted House Guests. On with the show. Hello. How are you today? Hey, I'm living life. What more can you be asking for, right? (laughs) Well, how have the past few months been for you? You holding up okay? Yeah, man. It's been real quiet. Been real quiet for us. Uh, Just been able to spend time with family. And I think just like with, uh, you know, beforehand, we was just traveling so much with everything that we do. Because other than filming TV, you know, Juwan and I make clothes. Marcus is a traveling uh, barber. So we're just always on the road. Motivational speaker. So this time that the world just shut down, it's just, I don't know, you were able to rest your mind, your body, and and as a creative man, I just feel like I've just been like able to just, you know, really let my mind go and like get some stuff on paper, like all those ideas that we've had or you wanted to do. So I don't know, I feel like this this time has been like a gift and a curse kind (laughs) of. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Have you been thinking about ghost stuff? Yeah, because... 
because this has that has what's been interfered with the most during these times because this was a time that we were supposed to be on the road filming the tv show doing investigations like we had a lot of events lined up for the public just so many things were lined up during these past four or five months and we didn't get to do any of that and yeah so now we've just been sitting around like just uh trying to put together some amazing plays for stuff that's to come up so we're actually about to get on the road now to start filming in a week really yeah 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 yeah, so how do you do that in like a covid friendly way like when you travel around so you know what's crazy we actually had an hour-long skype meeting with uh, the entire team last night and that was what the whole conversation was about so everyone has to get tested weekly so we have to get tested i got tested last week um uh, the results came back negative and we have to get tested again this week before we leave out next week and on set, everyone has to wear, you know, face covering and protective gear throughout the whole, you know, car ride from the airport to the hotel, to the locations, to anywhere other than us filming. Everyone has to wear masks, uh, strict rule policy. You know what I mean? So like, you know, if you, if you got to tell you a couple of times, wear your mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, it's just every, everyone just has to be responsible. But none of that stuff matters to a ghost. They don't do social distancing. They don't care. They don't, you know, it's interesting. I wonder if they can be affected by a pandemic. Like, I wonder if they <laughs> if they feel any type of thing or does it affect their existence other than people just being at home now and now they don't get that free time away from us. Like, when we go to work, they're probably, ghosts are probably looking at us the way that our dogs look at us. Like, they're so used to us leaving during the day. <laughs> Yeah, I think that they miss people. They miss like the audience, you know, they miss like (laughs) messing with somebody, you know, (laughs) they need to feed off of that. Well, let's talk about the show. And seriously, my I've spent a lot of my shelter in place watching Ghost Brothers, which I've I've rewatched a lot of episodes. And I just love what you guys do. I think you guys are so funny do you guys have comedy backgrounds so marcus does marcus uh is a comedian he hasn't been doing stand-up too much as of late uh but he used to do stand-up a lot so he has a background in, in comedy and me and Juwan, nah, <laughs> we're just guys that just like crack jokes man and like you know have our own different type of just i think what it is to be completely honest is the fact that we are genuinely all best friends yeah. So it's not like other shows just in, in any other, like, you know how you watch some of these reality shows, like The Real Housewives or like Love and Hip Hop and all these shows. You wonder, like, dang, I wonder if these people knew each other before this. Or is this oh, like Oh, yeah, they're just like put together, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And it's the same thing with us, but like, we've been knowing each other forever. Like, I, I tell people all the time, like, it's been times where... Like, you know, I've slept on Jawan's couch or Marcus, you know, been in my mama's house going through the refrigerator. Like, we've been <laughs> friends, like, forever. Like, it's not anything based. Like, the TV show, you just get a glimpse of us. Without the TV show, we would still be doing the stuff that we're doing. Oh, well, that's nice to hear. Are you yeah. guys... So, when you... You've talked about on the show that you all had paranormal experiences when you were growing up. I mean, was that... Was it like a conversation that you had at some point where you were like, hey, I believe in ghosts, you believe in ghosts, let's go do some ghost stuff so me and Juwan, we met in college so that was like back in 2004 
and um, we pledged the same fraternity. And and, and that's that, that's how we met. We met the first day of being online, pledging our fraternity. Like they make you walk into a room and like you're unveiled and you're meeting your future line brothers. <laughs> and wow. like Jawan, Jawan was one of those guys. And we just hit it off. And we, you know, we found out that we had a lot of similarities. And then and just casually, like when you're pledging, like you're literally with these guys for six, seven, eight weeks at a time, day in, day out. Like you're like it's you're with these people all day long. And it's not a normal just to be talking about random things. You know, you're talking mm-hmm. about the girl, the, the people you're dating, or you're talking about your family backgrounds, and you're leaving set, you know, maybe at like three, four o'clock in the morning, and somebody might say something funny, which leads to like you know, a story that someone starts telling. And then that's how you start unraveling. You go down this rabbit hole of ghosts and like stuff you believe in religion and mm-hmm. God and the devil and angels and all the aliens. Like you start talking about all type of crazy stuff when you're with your friends late at night. Mm-hmm. And then you just, you realize that like, you know, some people actually have had experiences that they may or may not have ever talked about because they felt like it was taboo or no one else has ever done anything or no one else has ever experienced anything similar. And Jerome was just one of those guys that, you know, he heard one of my stories and he was like, dang, man, let me tell you what happened to me. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's kind of where it was birthed from. So what had happened to you at, up, up until that point? So I'm from Dallas, Texas, right? And so both of my parents are from Texas. My mother is from East Texas and my father is from West Texas. And uh, West Texas is a small town called McKamey, Texas. And this town is like, this is like the oil country of West Texas, the plains, where it's like, you can stand on your patio, man, and see a mile out because it's just plains, it's hot, just it's just a, a hot, flat land place. Like literally there's oil pumps out there, man. Like there's nothing out there. But the town McKamey, um, it had this black side of town. It had this white side of town. It had a black post office, a white post office, a black pool, a white pool, man. Like, it's just that type of place wow. in West Texas, right? So my grandmother, I was visiting her one summer, and I had an older cousin who lived out there, too. So I had to be seven. My older cousin had to be maybe 19, 20 at the time. She had a best friend. Her best friend was dating a guy. They got into a domestic dispute. The guy was working for the animal control. So he went out to his truck and got the rifle that they use for the animals. He shot his girlfriend and he shot Mm. himself. She survived. He ended up dying. Mind you, this is a small town in West Texas. Everyone knows everyone. So when word got out what happened, and this was very close to my family because it was my cousin's best friend. And, um, when the guy died, my grandmother and her best friend decided they wanted to go to the funeral home to view the body during the wake. And so my grandmother took me with him. It's the first time ever seeing a dead body. And I remember walking into the, the church, going up to the casket with my grandmother and her friend, and seeing this guy laying down in this casket. And I'll never forget he had on a light gray jacket, a white shirt, and a skinny black tie. And I remember looking at him and at seven, like I I wasn't naive. Like I knew the story that he shot himself. And I knew in my mind, like if someone shot themselves, like they should look messed up. But he looked like genuinely he was just sleeping. And I remember asking my grandmother, I was like, mama, like if he, if he killed himself, like why does he look like he's just sleeping? 
you know, she brushed it off. She was like, that's because they do a good job here. So when is my time? Y'all make sure y'all bring me here. Like, you know what I mean? Like trying to make it seem like the funeral home just did a great job on the work <laughs> on this guy. And so I'm looking at this body and literally my grandmother's friend asked me, she said, Daylon, have you ever touched a dead body? Mm. <laughs> I'm seven. <laughs> I'm seven. If I said yes, it would have been a problem. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, y'all do this all the time. Nah, <laughs> sure. so, so she grabs my hand and puts it on the chest of this guy in the casket. And I remember looking up in fear at her as she's holding my hand. And I'm looking at my grandmama like, you're not going to do nothing. Like, first of all, you're too old to be hanging around bad influences. Like, yeah. this lady, <laughs> this lady, this lady does, is not your friend. <laughs> but she, like, I saw so I jet my hand back from the body and that was it. We left. Why would she want you to touch the dead body? Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> I feel like I that's like not. a movie, like a bunch of teenagers in the woods. Like, come on, poke t- it with a stick. Listen, I tell people all the time and it felt like a gang initiation. <laughs> like what y'all <laughs> trying to get me to do with it. But so, yeah, so we leave. And then that was that. That night, I remember being in my grandmother's home and I was laying on the couch sleep. It had to be like two, three o'clock in the morning. And literally, you know how like in older people's houses, they put like the plastic over the couch. Oh, yeah. You know, saying it exactly back in the day. So that's how my grandmother's couch was. So I was asleep on it with my blanket. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night. And I I don't know if I can cuss on here or not, but I I bullshit you not. (laughs) I wake up in the middle of the night and I look into the kitchen. The kitchen is adjacent to the living room. And in the door frame was that same young man. He was wearing the same thing, like light gray jacket, white shirt, and a skinny black tie. And he was leaning up against the door frame, looking into the, peering into the living room where I was sleeping. And when I woke up and saw that, I screamed as loud as I could. And my grandmother come running in there. She grabs me. I'm stuck to the plastic of the couch, sweating, peeling myself off this couch, screaming. And she's like, what's wrong with you, boy? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I just literally point to the kitchen. And she turns and looks and like, nothing is there. And I was just like, it freaked me out. It freaked me out. It freaked me out. And to this day, that was when I was seven. I'm 35 now. So I was almost 30 years ago. And I've always wondered, like, was it a dream or did by touching this body, did I have some type of attachment that maybe yeah. followed me home that night and showed itself to me? I don't, I don't know. Oh, shit. Thinking about it now, like it still makes me like, Ugh. but that always, that's what, that was the catalyst that was set the tone for me always being curious about the paranormal. <laughs> Were you raised in uh, a belief system that, you know, like, did you guys believe in this stuff? So uh, my mother is a pastor of a church. So she's the head pastor of her church in Dallas, Texas, Church of the oh, Blood wow. Covenant. Yeah. So she's been my head pastor since I was like in the third grade. So I grew up in the church before that. Like before that, she was doing Bible study in the house. And my mom is like deeply rooted in Christ. So she's been preaching, like I said, forever. And so, yeah, I grew up in church. I grew up believing in God, believing in heaven and hell. But you're always taught, especially in Southern Black church, in Black community, you're told that, you know, this kind of jokingly, but the only ghost that we acknowledge is the Holy Ghost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't really acknowledge ghosts. Anything else is considered demonic or a demon or the devil. Like, so we never play with that type of stuff, never acknowledge that type of stuff. 
So it is kind of weird being an adult and kind of like, you know, essentially venturing <laughs> left a little bit. Yeah. And if you talk to like, what does your family think of your TV show? So what's dope about my mom, man, even though she's a pastor and everything, like she's never, you know, they say like preacher's kids are the worst kids <laughs> because like, like <laughs> they rebel. Yeah, exactly, man. But I guess you would say that, but like my mom is always, she's never like, she's always brought me up in the church, but I don't feel like she has ever put these unrealistic expectations on me just for being the preacher's kid. You know what I'm saying? Like I was still That's able great. to- yeah, like I was still getting in trouble. Like I was still like it wasn't like these over I don't know like these overbearing expectations for me. Like I was mm-hmm. still allowed to get in trouble. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like you're the preacher's kid. Sit down. You gotta you know sit in your room and read your Bible all day long. Like nah, she let me be a kid. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I get suspended for school for five. Like it was she allowed me to be a normal person. So that, I think that has always um, bred in me the freedom to explore and to ask questions. And so it just wasn't until I was an adult that I knew that, you know, I saw that this ghost hunting thing was actually a thing and yeah. I tried it. And it's just, we've just been fortunate enough that God blessed us with the opportunity to be taking this journey in front of the world. Like it's people every day that pick up a new hobby, but it's very rare that the moment you pick up a new hobby, the world gets to watch you like yeah. <laughs> figure it out. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when the TV show started, was that like the beginnings of you doing yeah. Ghosted? So what happened was Juwan and I, well, all three of us have a, a background in television. So Juwan and I worked in wardrobe for BET. So all the shows in Atlanta that shot on BET from the Monique show to Let's Say Together to like whatever, the game, like all those shows that played on BET, we worked on those shows doing wardrobe. Marcus mm. worked on a lot of those shows doing hair. So uh, literally, we're watching TV shows be made every single day, but we're not thinking too much of it. And it wasn't until one night, Juwan and I were roommates. This is after college. This is us working for BET in our earlier years, uh, our younger years. And I was uh, watching one of the Ghost Hunter shows late at night, in and out of sleep. And I was like, dang, man, like, I wonder why I don't see any representation of me on any of these shows. Like, I don't see any Black people. I don't see any uh, gay people. I don't see any like, uh, like, uh, just like there was no representation other than straight white male yes. hunting ghosts <laughs> on TV. Like that was it. Like, like no other representation. And so I was like, dang, like I know other people handle stuff differently. And I can speak from the perspective of being a black male. I know we handle fear totally different. You know what I mean? Like these guys are going to hear brave, but like as an everyday average person, black male, shit, I'd be petrified going into this situation you know what i mean and then with my southern christian beliefs or upbringing and being taught that you ain't supposed to play with this stuff and the devil i'm already a little hesitant so i was just curious how that would look and i've never seen it before so we were looking for black ghost hunters to see if they we could find any and literally we looked high and low and couldn't find any black people doing it so we were like shit we might as well try it (laughs) I think about that all the time. I mean, I think representation is so important. And that's one thing that I love about what you guys have done, because I feel the same way where I'm like, I I don't see anybody like me in this world of paranormal. So I guess I have to be the one to do it. And I'm happy to do that. Exactly. And all it takes is for someone to see it and then for them to give whatever that 
the spotlight to be shed on it. And it just has to be the right time. So like I said, we we end up going, we went on Craigslist because we knew, all right, to shoot this concept, you know what I mean? To see, to, to make a, uh, do a ghost hunting show. We don't know anything about equipment. We don't know anything about ghost hunting. So all we know is shit, you need a camera and you ask questions. <laughs> maybe get a Ouija board, <laughs> maybe get, you know what I mean? Get a recorder, but that's the extent of our knowledge of doing this. So we went on Craigslist <laughs> and put an ad on Craigslist looking for someone with a camera that could film us doing a documentary. So we get a response from a guy named Spike Spielberg. So that is, <laughs> is that a real name? Or did he just take two famous directors? <laughs> that is exactly what he did. <laughs> that is exactly what he did. So he looks like a person. Like when you meet him, you'll be like, Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. You seem like the type of guy that would <laughs> combine the two names <laughs> of some people to make your moniker. But so he's this big old hood, tall black dude, like nothing wrong with it. I'm just giving you the facts. <laughs> big old hood, black dude. He has like a wife beater t-shirt on. He has like the black and mild uh, uh, cigar in his mouth. And he literally has a camera, which is a great camera. But do you remember... Um, I'm not sure how old you are, but uh, do you remember the thing that people used to put on the steering wheel to lock the steering wheel back in the day? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah the, the the claw or something, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. What do you yes. call that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, so back in the day before, like, all the, back when people had the alarms where the Viper, protected by Viper, stepped back. Like, back when car security was really big. They had this little metal bar you could put on the steering wheel and locks your steering wheel. So if people try to steer your steal your car, they can't steer the steering wheel because it's this big metal clamp locking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he had this big metal clamp, the claw from that you put on your steering wheel, and he had duct taped his camera to the claw to make a steady cam. <laughs> so he holds <laughs> these metal bars and he can get a really clean shot while he's walking and moving because the camera is now duct taped <laughs> to these bars. So he had like hood rigs, all this equipment. That's one it way was, to do it. Yeah, I've done stuff. Yeah. I, you know how many times I have duct taped my phone <laughs> to the wall to film an audition or something. Exactly. You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. But we get him and uh, he comes and we're like, look, Here's the deal. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, we're going to be hunting ghosts and we're going to be driving to Savannah, Georgia. And you would have thought this dude like had seen a ghost the way he reacted when we told him. <laughs> but he was down. He was down. And this was probably like one of the craziest things that happened to us. We went all the way to Savannah, Georgia to just try to film this idea of these black guys hunting ghosts. And we get to Savannah, we run into this white lady in the middle of the square in downtown Savannah. And we just start talking to her. She's behind like this little information desk. And she's like, what are you guys here for? And we're like, you know, we're here to hunt ghosts. And she was like, okay. She was like, meet me at this address at nine o'clock tonight. We're like, what? Hey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so <laughs> we don't ask too many questions, but we meet her at this address at nine o'clock that night. And we get to this square and there's a group of people congregating outside. They look like they're about to go on a tour. And so we joined the tour and we see this lady, but she doesn't look like she looked earlier in the day. Now she's dressed in like 1800s garb, right? 
she looked like she literally just walked out of like 1854 gone with the wind type shit and like is there but she's like standing off to the side and no one's saying anything to her but we're not thinking anything we're like all right we're just gonna join this tour we didn't even say anything to her. We, we, you know, gave her a little head nod, but nothing crazy. You know, we joined the tour, but we found out that it's a haunted walking, drinking tour of Savannah. So we walked through all these different bars of downtown Savannah. This tour guide is stopping, giving us ghost stories, telling us about all the crazy things that's happened in these locations. But every place that we went to, this woman is always off in the distance, right? Nobody's saying anything to her. Nobody's acknowledging her, but every place that we go, she's literally dressed in her 1800s garb, lingering off in the distance. This is the same woman from before. This is the same woman that we bumped into earlier in the day. Okay. Okay. I know it sounds weird, but just follow me. I'm listening. So, So she's literally, we go to like six locations, every location, she's off in the distance by herself, either in a corner, or like off to the side or across the street, like just weird. So the tour is like two, two and a half hours. It's over, it's 11.30, maybe midnight now. It ends in downtown Savannah. Everyone disperses to go home. Me, Jawan, and this hood, uh, Spike Spielberg are standing there. The woman comes from across the street. Once everyone leaves, and she was like, hey, do you guys want to hear some more stories? And we was like, damn, like it's midnight. This old white lady dressed in 1800 garb, like she want to still kick it with us. Like I wouldn't even want to kick it with us. Like if I would have bumped into us <laughs> that late at night in downtown Savannah. And of course we like, we're here to see where this trip takes us. So we was like, all right. So she literally walks us through downtown Savannah, Georgia. If you've ever been to downtown Savannah, they have like all these different courtyards with these big weeping willow trees hanging down. Like it just looks like old South plantation. Savannah's just an old city. It's beautiful, but it looks like a lot of shit happened there back yeah, in the day. Super haunted. Super haunted. So as we're walking through these courtyards, she's like, oh yeah. So there's a spirit of a young boy that was hung from a tree back in 1854 here. And then we're walking in the building. She said, yeah, if you look in that window, there's a spirit of a young man who uh, back in the day, he used to run this building, but he was da-da-da-da. So we're literally walking through downtown for about an hour. And she's just telling us all, every corner we took, every she would point to a building and be like, there's a spirit of so-and-so here. Like she just knew everything and everyone. So like we're vetted into this, like invested into this woman and her story. And we're walking and we're walking. And she just stopped. And she was like, before you leave here, make sure you tell every spirit to stay and they're not welcome to follow you home. And we was like, huh? And she was like, make sure you tell all the spirits to stay and they're not welcome to follow you home. Say it now. So me, Jawan, and Spike, we all said it at the same time. <laughs> and she kind of was just like, was like, okay. So we started walking and we get to a corner and she was like, hey, can I show you guys one more thing? And I was like, sure, what is it? She was like, I want to take you to this cemetery. It's right around the corner. And I was like, shit, hey, yeah. 
But Juwan and Spike was like, hell no, nah, bro. We're not going to follow this old white lady into a graveyard, bro. We don't know what's about to happen around here, man. And I was like, okay, man, you're right, you're right, right. You might, we might need to chill. So I told her, I was like, you know what? Thank you, but, you know, we feel like you've shown us a lot. Like, we appreciate that. We're just going to go I'm ahead and go I'm also picturing home. you guys walking <laughs> down. Like, there's probably people out at bars or something. And they just <laughs> right, see you guys the window. with right. this 1800s woman. <laughs> I promise. So we literally, she's like, okay. So we're at this, you know, at the, we're at the end of this street. So you either can turn right or you can turn left. You can't go straight. You either can turn right or left. So we turn right. She turns left. And I promise you, hand to God, we probably took five steps. And I turned around to look at her and she was gone. Like there was no one there. Like, I mean, I only took five steps. And this is an old lady. Like, Shawty couldn't run that fast, right? Like she couldn't bend the corner. <laughs> like she like that fast. And like, there was no place for her to turn into nothing like what? literally we turned around we took four to five steps and i turned back gone gone that is i have goosebumps gone. wait so, and and all of you guys witnessed all her this whole three time of us, the whole time the wow. whole time but what makes it crazy was that we start thinking we was that, that's when we started to think back like damn nobody did talk to her when we was walking this whole time you know what i'm saying she was uh, like we we thought it was weird that she was off to the side, but now thinking back, like nobody even said anything to her. You know what I mean? Like nobody was like, "Oh man, it's a nice outfit." Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody said <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah, because if that's like somebody cosplaying or something, like they you want know? they want the compliments, they exactly. want people to talk to them. Exactly. Wait exactly. a minute. So, but was she, if you guys would look at her during the tour, was she staring at you? She would be like off to the side watching the group. So the group, it was probably, honestly, it's probably like 15, no more than 20 people. And so with the way that it works is they take you to a bar, you're walking. So you probably walk maybe five or six blocks, but you're stopping at these haunted bars. You go in, you buy a drink, maybe mm -hmm. the, 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 uh, the attic of this one bar uh maybe haunted so they'll take you up to the attic so it'll be 15 of us in this big huge attic and like i remember specifically it was one one location we they made us stand in a circle in the attic and then they were saying that like um there's usually a spirit somewhere in here that will walk in between people in here da, 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 da. and we all stood in this circle but the lady was in the corner like watching all of us, but wow. nobody said anything though. And that's what blew me. Like yeah. the dude who was running the show, like he didn't say, hey, come on, like come get yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's nothing. so weird that like the three of you were the only ones that saw her. Like Man. that's so strange. Yeah. But, but again, I, I don't know what anyone else saw. I just know no one else acknowledged her yeah they could have everybody else could have saw the same thing they could have been saying the same thing like why did this lady sit on the corner yeah, like yeah. you know what i mean but nobody well, she seemed to ever... be drawn to you guys for sure yeah she definitely was she definitely was for her to come up to us afterwards for her to we would have never went to that location if she would have never met her earlier in the day and she just gave us this random address but what and was she we... wearing earlier in the day was she wearing it was like regular clothes and that's the thing that's the thing they didn't even 
it was the same lady, but you wouldn't have recognized her. So when we saw her earlier in the day, she just looked normal. But that night, she had this garb on, and it wasn't until you had to really look and be like, oh, shit, that's the lady from earlier in the day. Oh, wow. Like, it was one of the, like, when we walked up, she didn't greet us or anything. Like, it, we never talked to her until afterwards when she walked up to us and was like, can I show you some more shit? This like, story you, is insane. Man, I, pro, I know it's the craziest shit. It's literally the craziest shit that's ever happened to me. But what I take away from that is, Ever since then, every location that we've ever gone to before we leave, we make sure to tell the spirits to stay and not yeah. follow us all. We feel like that was the purpose of all of that. Well, she we taught never you a knew lesson. That. We never knew that. We never heard of that. And now, I think wait a minute. Her, Sorry, wait, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to say, I think by her making us say that in the moment, stopped her from maybe being attached to us. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, totally. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh but shit, that shit, man. <laughs> were, weren't you guys filming? Was she on the camera at all? No. So we went out. Tell me how crazy this is. <laughs> so we went out there with all the intentions to film. So we we um we rented us uh to investigate because we went out there to investigate a location. So it was like a seventeen ten in or something or seventeen ninety in. So we bought a room where this is supposed to be haunted and that's where we were going to investigate. But we mm. met this lady. She had us meet her at this address. So we uh, we had a GoPro camera and when we got to the location where she gave us the address and we realized it was a tour. The man that ran the tour saw our camera and he was like, you can't have cameras here. Cut your cameras off on this tour. Oh, wow. So we couldn't even have our cameras on that whole time that we were, you know what I mean, walking around and stuff. And by the time it was over, we're just walking with this lady. We're not even thinking about it anymore. Like now it's just, we're just walking because our whole purpose of bringing Spike Spielberg was to film our investigation, <laughs> which was at this hotel. But we met this lady and earlier in the day that had us just meet her at this random location would turn into this whole random adventure. So that was that, all dead. She must yeah. work for the tour. Like, she must be a ghost that they have Listen. on payroll. <laughs> because she's, like, getting people to get on, to buy tickets. It, it, it almost felt like, you know, uh, that game, that three-card money game, and it's always, like, three people working together. <laughs> like, it's the person that, like, it's uh, the, the three-shell game where they have, like, a person on the street, and you, like, have the cup, and they put the oh, one yeah. thing in the cup, and you got to find which right. thing which comes one? under it. But there's always like three people working together. <laughs> like you always have one person that like wins the money and they're getting the crowd excited. Like, oh, if she's winning, then I can win. Not knowing that she's working. <laughs> yeah, with the she's, guy. A, she's a plant. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, so my like, God. Hey, well, it would have been works. funny if she's a real ghost, like which I definitely believe she is from what you say. Like, it would be funny if she was just sitting in the corner, like as the guy's telling the story. And then this is where the person died. If she was like, nope, didn't happen. I was <laughs> right, there. Like, right. She's just heckling the whole time. <laughs> right. Right. But we do laugh. Well, not really laugh, but we talk about it now. We're like, dang. What do you think she could have wanted to show us in the cemetery? Like, where? What was oh, that? Where was shit. that gonna end? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? If if we did go, what? Where were we gonna go? And she was like, "I want to show you something in this cemetery." And it was only because she said cemetery that Jawan and Spike was like, "Hell no!" Like, <laughs> well, have so you guys I, thought I, about <laughs> doing this as an episode, like going back and looking for her? Uh, we talked about it because we went back to Savannah. Uh, cause, so every year now. 
we do uh, Ghost Brothers Weekend, and it's in Savannah. It's always holiday weekend, and uh, yeah, we do investigations. We people fly out. Uh, we brought in Chip Coffee last year. Uh, oh. So yeah, we we make this big event, and we found ourselves in that same courtyard where we met her uh, probably last year, and it was just me and Jawan were just talking about it. But nah, she wasn't there. But we were in that same spot, and it just brought back all those emotions and memories. <laughs> I want to talk about race because you okay. guys obviously, you know, I love that you talk about it and I, and it's wonderful that like now so much of the country is having these great conversations about race and, and right. you guys, I mean, you guys have been around for a couple years now and I just think it's amazing that you guys, I mean, you even say like in the intro of the show, like, why is everyone so white and you right, like actually right. address it. You know, sadly, in America, the history concerning race and black people and especially is dark and you can't avoid it. And I think some paranormal shows kind of gloss over maybe at times or, you know, they they, Mm -hmm. they talk about it in a different way. And is that is that something that you guys uh, is, you know, is that intentional that you guys go to? you know, underground railroad stops and plantations and uh, yeah. So no, to answer your question, (laughs) let me tell you why. So when we came into it, we shot all of this stuff for ghost brothers years ago, years before we got on television. Right. So once we got all this footage and stuff for Spike Spielberg, we didn't know what to do with it. We didn't know what we were doing. We just were trying to just do something we have never seen before. We didn't have a plan for it. So once we edited all the footage, we just put it on YouTube. And literally, I moved to LA to do some other stuff, man. Probably like four or five years later, I'm driving for Uber, right? And so I get an email randomly while I have a customer in a car. I'm at a red light and I look at my email and someone has seen my clip that we put on YouTube in Destination America, who's owned by Discovery Channel, reached out to us. And that's how we got Saw to do the TV show. So this was a time where, um, I don't know if you remember, there was a time uh, probably about in 2016, that campaign, uh, Oscars So White, where all the Oscars, yeah, yeah, right? So during that, right after that, an influx of like uh, minority television was uh, approved and greenlit for TV. So this is right during the window of, remember, Blackish came out um, um, on the, what's that? it. The show with the the Asian Americans off fresh off the boat came out. Yeah, fresh off the boat. Uh, yeah, so all of these minority driven television shows were green light green lit in this era, and we were a part of that with the Discovery Family being the first black you know paranormal show. And so, in coming in, they linked us up with a production company, and it's kind of crazy. It's just like, and it sucks, man. There's there's no all right. The little bit of diversity you see on television is equal to or even more the lack of diversity you see behind the scenes as well, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It's the same, (laughs) right. So the same type of faces you see on TV are the same type of faces running the show behind it. And you have them trying to create content um, for minorities, but they aren't a part of that minority. It's like trying to have a straight male write a role for a, you know, a trans person. Like if you don't understand 
any of that, how can you write to relate to create for that? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It's yeah, like, of course. How can a white person write something for the perspective of a black person if you don't, if you didn't grow up, know, live, face the same things? And you find that in television and just seemed like when we got the show, they linked us up with this production company who was all white people, which is fine, cool, super dope. But it seems like every location that they were throwing at us at first was like, it was like, all right, here's the first one. This one's a stop on the Underground Railroad. Like, all right, that's cool. All right, episode two. We're going to take you to this slave plantation in, in Louisiana. Oh, all really? Right. Okay. Like, all right, okay. Is that all we're looking for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Black Ghost, is that is that is that the direction that we're going with this show? And we had to have that conversation. And But once that conversation was, was, was found, we had to realize, like, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's super dope because we get to offer a perspective that wasn't naturally offered in the, in, in the past. So like, and that, and that's an honor. We had to look at it like, bro, we're looking at it backwards. Like we're like, why y'all keep throwing us in these black situations because we're black. But then it's like, hell no. It's like, you're getting the opportunity to speak for these situations. So like in the past well, stories are being told that people don't really hear. Exactly. Exactly. But you have like the Magnolia Plantation episode where the story was the slaves of this plantation are hunting this place. But in all actuality, we go there and we start doing research and we find out that, oh, so they ripped these slaves from Africa, brought them to this plantation in Louisiana. And the only thing that they left them with was their religion. And in their religion, they practice hoodoo in Africa, which is, you know, this whole religion that kind of similar is similar to Christianity, but you have this one slave on the plantation who's essentially the voodoo priest. Yeah, you call her voodoo priest, but that's essentially their spiritual counselor of the slaves. And in their ideology, they pray for protection. They don't have any weapons. They don't have any way to protect themselves. They're forced into slavery by these white counterparts. And all they have is their faith to get them through day to day. So and in their faith, this voodoo priestess, what she would do is the slaves would give her small trinkets for them. She would pray over those trinkets and pro to provide protection for the slaves. She would bury these trinkets around her cabin and perform some type of ceremony. Flash forward to today, some archaeologists was digging around this motherfucker, dug up all of these shits, and now like all hell is breaking loose on this plantation. Mm -hmm. And so like, our white counterparts who went to investigate, it was, oh, this plantation is, you know, being haunted by these, these the, you know, the slaves of da 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 da. But when we got there, it was like the energy was totally different. It was the explanation of this is all we had was our faith. No, we aren't doing this for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is all that we could do. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't have yeah. any way to protect ourselves other than protection and prayer and faith so it just allows us to look at certain stories from a different light yeah. or us being on a plantation and looking up in the sky and seeing a thousand stars in these deep country louisiana back road plantations but you realize and like damn 200 years ago your ancestors couldn't have looked up in the sky and appreciated this because shit, they would have got their ass beat. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. taking for granted these little small moments. And it's just, 
yeah, I don't know. It's like we've learned so much and we've been open and introduced to so many different things because of this opportunity. Like I'm forever grateful for it. Like, yeah. 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 Well, I could talk to you for forever, but I'm realizing we're like going over time. And <laughs> right. uh, I, I I hope that we can talk to you again, maybe when the season comes out or. For sure. For sure. We'd love to. And I can get the guys to come on too. Please. Oh my God. What a pleasure. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your time. And uh, this should be posted in a couple of weeks. And uh, good luck with the shooting of the thank season. You. Thank you so much. And uh, best of luck with your show. Super dope. Uh, I love that you're doing it. I definitely spread the word. And uh, yeah, we're definitely looking forward to coming back. Yeah, we would love to come back once the show gets out or getting ready to come out. So we can talk about that more and our new experiences and all of that stuff. So cool all right well thank you so much have a great day you too thank you wow thank you so much to dalen and i hope at some point to have the other ghost brothers on the show and i hope to have dalen back and we can hear some evps again i apologize about that but if you want to hear more of our conversation head on over to patreon.com slash and you click on the second tier called on with the show it's halloween time guys and i always appreciate you telling your friends and family about this podcast and anyone that you think might enjoy it people are looking for spooky things to listen to so i always appreciate an insta story or a post or just you know good old-fashioned word of mouth so i appreciate you guys Please give me five stars on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. And if you have a ghost story, you could leave it in a five-star review or in our Facebook group called Ghosted! Explanation point by Roz Dresfelez. I want to do a listener episode pretty soon, so please send me your listener stories to ghostedbyroz at gmail.com and please put in the subject line, listener episode. I am on Cameo, Roz Dresvelez, Patreon, Roz Dresvelez, Instagram, Roz Dresvelez. I'm all over the place, so please come find me. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Pains Avenue, a podcast network.